land is mine. God gave this land to me. This brave and ancient land to me. Children can run free. So take my hand and walk this land with me. And walk. Good evening. Welcome to Yada Yada. I'd uh, like to begin on a few items on the news. We do have Kirk and uh, Dee with us this evening. Um, first, in terms of our internal news, there are two additions to the Yada Yada website, yadayada.com. Uh, one of them is that the first, I think it's six chapters of, uh, of Coming Home 3, um, which is uh, called uh, Dode Beloved. Uh, is now posted on the bookshelf. Uh, so uh, for those who are interested in uh, reading uh, along with us and, and kind of knowing uh, the material that we're using now to bring this program, uh, it is available on the bookshelf under uh, Coming Home 3. Uh, it says on the, um, on the spine, uh, Beloved. Uh, second is that uh, Dee and Jackie, but uh, also Leah, my uh, my wife, but I think it's primarily Dee's uh, project, uh, have uh, spent a long time creating a a timeline based both on the uh, the Torah's genealogies uh, and through the prophets, as well as uh, what uh, I've written uh, throughout these uh, many mm-hmm. years and yada yada, uh, and it is now positioned on the uh, yadaya.com site under resources uh, and it is the timeline I think it's a marvelous tool this is the first edition of it it does have a really mm-hmm. spiffy uh, introductory video but the uh, video is too spiffy for the yadaya site uh, they're hoarding it on the social media uh, that uh, that is their their realm uh, but you can go to social media uh, which is available from the yadaya site and and watch the uh, the spiffy uh, uh, video that introduces the timeline. And before very long, uh, their intent is to uh, is to take the timeline, uh, provide some additional links from it, so that it it tells all the various stories that uh, need to be told from it, and that it's based uh, on a more artistic uh, presentation. But right now, it's a marvelous uh, tool, uh, something that I use quite regularly when um, I writing because you know you 
you want to know, all right, this is year so-and-so, uh, mm-hmm. what other events happened or uh, when did uh, Hosha or Yashaya or Elia or someone of that nature make this statement, it's a quick way uh, to go about keeping the uh, the date straight. Um, uh, I used in a fairly recent chapter uh, trying to uh, calibrate the 40th year of the Exodus as the children of Israel came into the land and, and what that uh, uh, meant relative to other things that were were happening. So those two things are new on the Yada Yah site. Uh, in Israel, which is the country we're most concerned about, uh, the uh, Palestinian, uh, I even hate to say Palestinian, the Fakistinian uh, Islamic Jihad. Yeah, it's better. One of the, yeah, it was one of the organizations mm-hmm. that I met with, um, oh, 22 years ago when I began uh, this uh, message. Uh, they were the ones who gloated. Uh, the, uh, the evening that I had met them, that that morning they had uh, murdered uh, 12 Jewish women and children at Point Blank Range. Um, uh, getting off a, uh, a bus uh, dressed up as army soldiers. And they were so proud of themselves. Uh, well, they shot 800 rockets into Israel. Eight rockets. You know, mm-hmm. if, if the Mexicans shot eight rockets into El Paso, it'd be front page news in every newspaper oh, yeah. in the world. If they shot 80, the United States would go to war against uh, Mexico. If they shot 800, Hundred, which is what they did on this particular occasion, uh, Mexico might not even exist. Uh, and yet uh, the United States uh, declares that Israel must show restraint in its uh, response. Uh, this was all because the leader of, uh, of Islamic Jihad that was in prison for terrorist acts decided to starve himself uh, to death while in captivity. Uh, it is just the bottom line here is that uh, the whole history of Gaza is um, so utterly painful. It is a, um, a community of thugs, uh, always has been, that no one has uh, ever wanted, no one wants uh, even today. Uh, and you've got Hamas, uh, who is one of the most not only vicious terrorist organizations, but uh, they would rival Ukraine in terms of, uh, of government malfeasance, where the, those in power skim everything oh, yeah. off the top uh, as they build their, uh, their weapons and starve their people. Um, but it is, it is an utter tragedy, and there's, there is no remedy. There is no way to fix this uh, problem. Um, and so it is a tragedy as to what happened uh, in Israel um, uh, this time they, uh, the Iron Dome uh, failed uh, and uh, rockets uh, hit um, uh, Israeli civilian areas. It, it is interesting, and I think I've mentioned this before, uh, mm-hmm. the longer Hamas, Hezbollah, the Syrians, the Iranians at all, uh, the Islamic jihadists, use rockets against Israel, Israel loses. Uh, even if a third of the rockets fall in Lebanon or Gaza or the West Bank and don't even make it into Israel. And two-thirds make it in, and 90-some-odd uh, percentage of those are, are shot out of the sky. It is a losing proposition for Israel. It's, it's just, as I had said, when America decided to go to war in Afghanistan, 
the opening salvo is we sent uh, some $50 million worth of cruise missiles against some Muslims living in tents that scared some camels to death. But you know, they were armed with, uh, with uh, $100 Kalishnikovs, and we sent $50 million of cruise missiles against them. Uh, you can't win in that uh, war. Uh, a, a Iron Dome interceptor costs upwards of $100,000, some say $150,000. The rockets that uh, it's knocking out of the sky uh, uh, cost around uh, $500. The most expensive of them is about $1,000. The more they win, the more they lose. It, uh, it can't be done. Uh, second item in the news that I want to talk about is um, uh, what is uh, what happened in New York uh, today. Um, the district attorney for New York City, the guy that brought the charges, actually uh, 34 iterations of the same charge of sloppy paperwork, against Donald Trump, and uh, it did so purely for political reasons. Um, He is the same fellow that decided that he would um, arrest the ex-Marine that um, uh, killed the thug uh, in the subway uh, with a a chokehold and uh, arraign him uh, on uh, manslaughter charges. Uh, It's one of the most devastating things that could ever happen to the country. Because we right now have a country without any character, and we have uh, thievery and thuggery at an all-time high. Uh, Progressive cities like Seattle, San Francisco, Portland, Los Angeles, uh, and uh, and now New York are completely out of control. Uh, Murder rates are way up. Chain stores don't even want to operate in those cities anymore. Uh, The drug uh, problem is is terrible. But this was a fellow, the fellow that he, uh, he put in the chokehold, had been arrested some 40 times for uh, assault. He had just gotten out of jail Insane. for being convicted of assault. He punched an old lady in the face. Uh, oh. He was amongst the worst possible thugs. Just prior to getting out of jail, uh, uh, prior to being going into jail for this last time for punching a 60-some-odd-year-old woman in the face, he dragged a girl, a child, down the street by her hair. Uh, he would routinely threaten people on the subway. And so this was a man that had the good sense to stand up and protect himself and the other people on the subway from a thug. And yet, uh, because the thug was black, even though he's been arrested 40 times for vicious behavior, Uh, and even though he was threatening the people on the subway, because the person who who restrained him with the chokehold was white, the the black man is uh, is a victim, and the white man is the perpetrator. And the reason this is so devastating is the country is already spineless. We're already a country that's paralyzed, that doesn't know how to man up to anything. We, we're incapable of standing up for what's right and showing any backbone, and now we're criminalizing it. Um, and so with America's cities deteriorating, this may be the single worst political move 
ever. And it, it is, it's become a reality in America, cities like Washington, D.C., and New York, San Francisco, Los Angeles, that it's impossible to get a fair jury. I mean, this jury that convict Donald, convicted Donald Trump of, uh, of slandering this uh, woman for a crime that took place, what, 20-some-odd years ago or more, uh, yeah. uh, utterly absurd. Listen, I don't like Donald Trump. Donald Trump may, in fact, be a womanizer. But the fact is, this woman went public with her story more than 20 years after it happened. And, uh, and as such, by choosing to go public with, her, with this story that she never turned over to the police, never, there's never been a criminal charge, uh, she became a public figure attacking a public figure. And Donald Trump is absolutely a public figure. And so the threshold for proving slander uh, of two public figures is astronomically high, way beyond anything that uh, that jury could have uh, uh, assumed with uh, Donald Trump. And I know I run afoul of a lot of women when I say that uh, we have a serious problem when uh, when juries convict uh, rapists, uh, because a huge percentage of the time, there is no uh, even preponderance of the evidence, much less uh, proof beyond a reasonable cause. If it is a crime and there's two people that are involved, unless the victim immediately responds, goes to the police, gets a rape kit, and has physical evidence of some kind that this occurred, it's just one person's word against another. And in this case, this woman did nothing and went 20 years and did nothing. And then uh, finally decided when they changed the law in uh, New York that gave people, uh, women, the, anybody the right to, uh, to uh, pursue a civil case against somebody beyond the statute of limitations. Now with literally no evidence, it's one person's word against another. I'm yeah. sorry. You, one person's word against another does not prove anything beyond a right. reasonable doubt. And so it is preposterous for this jury to have convicted Trump twice. Now, again, I say this not as a Trump fan. I can't stand the man. I, you know, I, I listen to his speeches, and every time I hear him talk, I just cringe and said, how in the world <laughs> could there be so many Americans that are enthralled with this idiot? Uh, he is an egotistical maniac. Now, that said, no doubt. he is 10 times better, maybe 100 times better than Joe Biden, uh, who too. is uh, in the process of destroying this country. Uh, the, other, the last story that I wanted to uh, talk to you about happens to be uh, um, what I witnessed uh, while having dinner tonight. Uh, Tucker, Tucker Carlson, who was... Uh, uh, not actually fired by uh, by Fox because they still have him on payroll. They're trying to control him, um, uh, but removed from his time slot at great cost to Fox because they've lost half of their audience. Um, he has a, a show on Twitter. I think it's called Words by Tucker or Tucker's Words, something of this nature. And his uh, program uh, this uh, this evening, at least that I saw it this evening. Uh, which is either the second or third, is on what the Biden administration has done to destroy America's reserve currency standards. 
This is a subject that I've talked to our audience about through the various radio programs that I've had over the years and, my, and during the time oh, I was years. a guest speaker on it. So I've got more than 22 years invested in this particular topic. And what I have said is that uh, America is not going to go into a recession. It's not going to be a depression. It's not even going to be a Great Depression. Uh, it's going to be a cataclysmic uh, default and utter chaos. That America's uh, economy is going to crater. The dollar is going to become worthless. And, and that this is inevitable because we have done everything we can to destroy um, our uh, reserve currency status. To be a reserve currency, you, your currency has to be apolitical, so that you cannot use it as a political weapon, which is what we have done with, with it, particularly now with Russia, where we said we're going to seize America, uh, Russia's uh, central bank dollar reserves. And then we're going to keep uh, Russia out of SWIFT, which is the international trading uh, mechanism. We put so many sanctions on Russia, we destroyed our own economy. We're about ready to go, even as the Biden administration admits, into food shortages. If you go to the market now, basic staples are twice what they were, sometimes three times what they were uh, three years ago. Uh, and we shot ourselves, not in the foot, but in the, in the head. And all the while, the Russian economy hasn't suffered at all. In fact, the ruble's trading above where it was against the dollar when this all began. Uh, because the Russians actually have something to sell, oil, uh, wheat, uh, for example, raw materials of, uh, of great uh, value, fertilizer. Um, but the biggest problem is by weaponizing the dollar, what we have done is we have told countries that are part of the BRIC Association, uh, like China, like uh, India, like Brazil, uh, like uh, Indonesia, uh, and like Russia, uh, that it is in their interest for them to start buying and selling goods internationally in currencies other than the dollar. So that China buys oil in its own currency. France even buys oil now using the Chinese uh, currency. Uh, Russia does trade without uh, using dollars. Uh, Brazil, the same thing. Uh, India, the same thing. And it is only the, the use of dollars as the international trade currency that keeps countries such that they have to have large reserves of dollars to conduct trade. But once you start trading in other commodities and in other currencies, they no longer need that. And when that happens, then the dollar, this, the ability of the U.S. government to create the illusion of solvency by um, not printing money, but literally changing the wheels so that we've inflated the money supply, quantitative easing, uh, it's going to cause the currency to become worthless. No one will want to trade in it. And when that happens, the economy just craters because the U.S. currency isn't based upon gold. We have no gold anymore. It's not based upon the good faith of the U.S. government because it has no credibility. It is a debt instrument that is a religious instrument based solely on faith. And that faith in the dollar is going to crumble. And with it, the U.S. economy is going to crater. And we're going to take down the world with it. And to a large degree, it is because 
the uh, Biden administration and the Republicans have supported uh, sanctioning and wars on Russia. Matter of fact, uh, we just encouraged Great Britain to send long-range cruise missiles to Ukraine, which, of course, they could use to uh, bomb Moscow. Um, Talk about escalating uh, things beyond uh, uh, reason. Uh, This is a war that if Russia is ever to to the point where they think that they are going to lose, the whole world loses because they'll use a nuclear alternative. Uh, And there was no way to win in this war. Um, uh, One of the great tragedies of all time and miscalculations. So that's the news that I wanted to cover today, unless you all had something you wanted to add to it. Uh, What should people be doing about dollars? I mean, we have to trade something. People have savings. I mean, there's no alternative. Yeah, yeah. you know, your your challenges are that if you put your money in gold, it's manipulated by the Western governments. Yes. Uh, And so it's very difficult to use gold as as a hedge, and plus the government plays dirty. Which means that uh, if you have they can confiscate they they, they can confiscate mm-hmm. it at an artificially low price. Um, the second is uh, the uh, Bitcoin type uh, cryptocurrencies, but as we found, the uh, two or three largest players have all uh, cratered because they uh, um, they were just dishonest, uh, and so there's really no way to validate the credibility of any of them. So that becomes a uh, a difficult thing to do. Um, there are commodities that have value, but those commodities do fluctuate with economies. You know, like oil goes up and down based upon demand. And so it's, uh, mm-hmm. it's also highly uh, speculative. Uh, the only currencies that are uh, doing worse than the dollar are the uh, uh, English pound and the, uh, and the euro. And so, you know, it's the three musketeers uh, uh, with a race down to the bottom. Uh, there aren't a lot of things that you can do. Um, and that's the that's the whole um, dilemma here um, is that right. uh, there really aren't good options. Um, fortunately, it's a very short period of time. Uh, we will um, be into the worst of the time of Jakob's troubles uh, within uh, seven years. Uh, we'll be to the end of it within ten. So it's a very short window that we have to uh, to deal with. And I would just say that, as I've said previously, the best thing you can possibly do is to um, um, uh, be as independent as possible, you know, uh, and be as far away from the commotion of a uh, of a major city where where millions of people are like to uh, are likely to go berserk, and your very yeah. safety is at uh, at risk. So, uh, um, you know, living out in the boondocks has uh, its advantages at this point, um, and uh, you know, having a considerable stash of, uh, of food uh, is uh, you know, not beyond reason because if you go too far, then you become a target. Uh, so you have to be a little bit careful in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, I'm not a, uh, the, uh, the, a doomsday or prepper. I don't have anything to, uh, to sell, no snake oil. Um, uh, this is not an mm-hmm. Alex Jones. Uh, we're just talking about what Yahweh has predicted. Uh, he's talked uh, vociferously right. about the time of troubles, uh, particularly the time of Jacob's troubles for Israel uh, and uh, the world war that will ensue, uh, the carnage that will be as a, uh, as a result of it. Uh, and so we know we're going into a very difficult period. Uh, and that 
the beginning of it is likely in um, 2027. Uh, it's going to be the most serious uh, starting around 2030. Um, so uh, here in 2023, we have uh, six, seven years uh, between now and the time that uh, all hell breaks loose. Um, That is our reality. God has forewarned us, and he has a marvelous life assurance plan that I would highly recommend. It doesn't cost you anything. Uh, And uh, and the the options, uh, yeah, if there ever was a life assurance uh, uh, plan to die for, this is is the right one. And actually, actually it's even hard to die for this one because if you are productive, contributing – uh, to uh, disseminating the message that God has spoken uh, to his people and calling them home, he has every incentive to keep you around to the very last moment possible and then harvest you during the Teruah harvest. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a win-win no matter where you are. Okay. Insurance All right. to die for. I like that. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's... <laughs> He can't even die in this one because he doesn't want to. <laughs> yeah. He not want to let you. not let you go. There's just there's too few yeah, people. Keep talking. Yeah, too yeah. few people engaged keep in the. Keep talking. Keep writing. Keep talking. Yeah, in the battle. That's right. That's right. Read, read, uh, learn, uh, uh, write, and talk. And share. Um, yep. Yeah. All good ideas. All right. Picking up where we were um, last week at this time, we have finished the horrific part of. Mismore 22, and we're now in Dode celebrating uh, the result, really. And, and while he has performed the most heroic and compassionate act in human history, he fulfilled Pesach, Moth, and Bakotim. He was the Passover lamb. Uh, the, his basar, uh, corporeal body, served as the uh, Passover lamb. His soul, Nefesh, uh, served to take the guilt of the covenant family uh, and Yisrael into Sheol, where it was posited never to be seen again. And then as Yahweh's Bakor, firstborn, uh, he became the, uh, the natural celebrant of Bakorim, firstborn children. Um, and then seven sevens later, uh, he was the most enriched and empowered of the covenant family. Uh, so, um, you know, Dode has done the deed. He has fulfilled the role of our Savior. He has become the exemplar of the covenant. He has uh, served as the Pesach Gael. Uh, and now that he has celebrated this reunion with Yahweh, uh, the man who has done more for us than anyone wants to praise Yahweh. And he wants to do so because this was a marvelous thing for the son to do. Um, He got to save his people. He got to redeem his credibility. He was able to restore uh, the respect that he uh, will need throughout eternity for two hellish days, and they were as hellish as hellish days could possibly be. He gets an eternity of, uh, of goodwill. Now, There's a little more to the story there because um, he had to undo, undo, uh, endure, I should say, the anguish of having 2,000 years of his own people 
and of uh, Christians um, either completely denying what he had done or appropriating what he had done to a myth. And yeah. you know, if you have performed the most um, painful, mm-hmm. uh, heroic sacrifice in human history, and rather than being credited for it, you're denied all credit, and you have the world's most popular religion actually giving credit to a myth that somehow derived from Dionysus and Odysseus, it's got to be major irritating. Uh, in the end, yes. it all turns out beautifully for Dode and for the remnant of his people. But in the meantime, it is horrific. And I can tell you that father and son are none too pleased. Um, but nonetheless, as he is completing the 22nd Mismore, he's able to now go forward in time and know what he has accomplished with Yahweh who made it possible. So he writes, and this is Mismore 2222. I have chosen to continually recount, providing a record, written record of Shafar, of your name, doing so to my brethren within the midst of the summoned community who have been called out, so as to radiate your brilliant source of enlightenment and halal brag about you. Mismore 22, 22. Yeah, it's a fascinating statement. So well, here is the dote. He has chronicled his own participation in uh, Pesach and Matzah, uh, right down to personal and graphic detail, explaining how painful and humiliating it was to endure this. He is now on this side of Bukotam, and the first thing he wants to do is to say, you know, I've done this. I have provided a written record of what occurred. You know, it's amazing that you could have the single most credible event ever um, executed in human history. History of mankind, yeah. Yeah, you've got nothing in the history of humankind where you had a detailed presentation of what would occur a thousand years before it occurred. You read the uh, the first six or seven Mismore, you read the 89th Mismore, you read Mismores 20 through 30, uh, and you read Yeshaya, Zachariah, uh, Yermayah, they all tell the same story. And the story is that Dod, Yahweh's Masiach and Ben, son, his Zeroah, the, the sacrificial lamb, is going to serve as the Pesach Eel, and he's going to fulfill each of the seven Moed Mekre, including Matzah. There are hundreds upon hundreds of prophetic declarations in the only book of credible future predictions that state by name that it will be Dode who will fulfill these uh, monumental events, the fulfillment of the first four Mekre. And then he will return to fulfill the final two. There is no event in all of human history that gets as much prophetic attention as this. And so it's the single most credible act ever performed. And it is performed 
at the crossroads of civilization. And Jerusalem, Yisrael, right in front of not only God's people, Yisrael, Yahuda, but in front of the noses of the most powerful empire that uh, humanity may have ever known. And despite all of that, <coughs> from the time that he wrote these prophecies, with the exception of the other prophets, Zechariah, Yermiah, and Yeshayah, for example, not one single person over 3,000 years actually proclaimed that he had done this and explained why. Why he wanted to do it, why Yahweh allowed him to do it, and how each one of these prophecies told the same story. Not one person. And worse than that, the world's most popular religion based upon a man who admitted he was demon-possessed, all of Dode's accolades, all of his titles, and what he had done and he created a fictional character, Jesus Christ, by projecting everything of Dode onto this fictional character, claiming every prophecy that mentions Dode as the fulfillment, and says, no, 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 it was my fictional misnomer, Jesus Christ. And the world bought it. Hook, line, and sinker. And then to make yes. matters worse... Jews who, were, who didn't even have rabbis at the time, the first actually proclaimed rabbi was Paul, the mm -hmm. first person in recorded history to use the title rabbi. He used it of himself. He says he was the best of them. <laughs> uh, the term rabbi uh, only began to emerge thereafter. And the most famous of them, the one that is the father of Judaism, uh, Rabbi Akiva, uh, he is known for his false messiah, Bar Kokhba. And he foisted his false messiah, Bar Kokhba, on the world to counter the claims that Paul and Peter et al. had made of the mythical Jesus Christ. The only reason they did it. And in doing so, they not only denied that Dode had fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, and Bakotum, they created a false messiah who led people away from God and led them away from their land, caused the destruction of Judea, the renaming of Judea, the diaspora, and the abuse that they would suffer under the Roman Catholics leading to the Holocaust. But there was no rabbinic Judaism and no rabbis prior to this occurrence. So Paul didn't just create the lie that is Christianity by misappropriating everything of Dode and creating this fictional character, Jesus Christ. But because of what he did, Rabbi Akiba came up with a false messiah to uh, respond to uh, this growing religion that uh, began in, uh, in Israel with Paul. And as a result, not only would Roman Catholics and Gentiles come to despise Jews, torture and harass Jews, rob them, dehumanize them for better part of 20 centuries, both 
Jews and Goyim would lose their souls over it. He would right. preclude everyone from knowing God and engaging in a relationship with him, knowing their, um, their Savior. Right. So this is a really big deal. And, and Dode is finally saying, listen, I have recorded this story. I have told you what is going to happen. And if you read through the first 30 Mismore, they all tell the same story. Every one of them. 22 is just in your face. Graphic. It says, I've done it. And I've also told you that I was able to do it because I knew and proclaimed Yahweh's name. Now, Dode is acknowledged as the Masiach. He is acknowledged as the Son of God. He is acknowledged as the Chosen One. He is acknowledged as the Firstborn. He is acknowledged as the Zoroa strong arm and sacrificial lamb. He is the shepherd. He is the king. He is the king of kings. And he is on record saying, I provided testimony to in writing and proclaimed your name. And I want to ask you, how many times will you find Yahweh's name written out in the Babylonian and um, uh, Jerusalem Talmud and in the Zohar and the rest of the books that comprise Judaism? None. Zero. Zero, zero, zero. How many times do you find Yahweh's name in the Christian New Testament? Zero. Zero. So here's a guy that Yahweh said is right and gave every accolade that there is. The one person that Yahweh said, this is my preferred individual. There's no one I care about more than this man. And he proclaimed and spoke, wrote Yahweh's name, and all the people that want to claim Power and authority with God, never use it. Who do you think's right? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. yeah, well. So I have chosen oh, yeah. to continually recount yeah. providing written testimony while always proclaiming your name to my brethren within the midst of the summoned community who have been called out so as to radiate your brilliant source of enlightenment and brag about you. Uh, I have said numerous times that Dode is the principal uh, uh, star, the, the, the role player, if you will, the main participant in all seven Moed Mikrates, not just Pesach, where he's the famed Passover lamb. It's not just Matzah, where his soul takes our crimes, our guilt into Sheol, depositing it there. It's not just firstborn children. Where Yahweh's firstborn uh, is uh, reunited with the set apart spirit and re enters heaven. Uh, it is also Shabuah. And on mm-hmm. Shabuah is when Dode was uh, enlightened and enriched, uh, became more brilliant, empowered, as the symbol of what that day represents as a symbol of what will happen to all of us that are members of the covenant. And so he is the, the first to fulfill Shabuah. He is also the basis of Teruah. As those engaged in Teruah, our mission is to herald what we have learned about Dode 
the roles that Dode has played as our Savior, so that when Dode returns on Yom Kippurim, in year 6000 Yah, 2033 CE, that there's a remnant of Yisrael ready to greet father and son. And then he becomes the king, the Malak of Sukkah thereafter. All seven of the Moed Mikre are about Dode, with Dode, for Dode, by Dode. Yes. So Yisrael's most acclaimed shepherd and king, Yahweh's Messiah and son, recorded, related, recounted, declared, and proclaimed God's Shem, his name. And that's something to keep in mind because the world seems preoccupied with uh, anti-Semites. But they have no clue what an anti-Semite actually means. Because the people who are claiming that, uh, wow, he's an anti-Semite are actually anti-Semites. All of them. Because there isn't a single one of those who claim anti-Semitism that proclaim Yahweh's name. Shem means name. To be an anti-Semite is to be against the name. It's too bad that uh, those brethren, Jews, failed to follow his example. He wrote what they have made a religion out of denying. It isn't just interesting, it is religion-shattering that Dode never departs from his first-person account of Pesach and Matzah leaving to Bakorum. He does not speak of another individual or ever address a third person. It is the most graphic, personal, and passionate presentation of the fulfillment of Pesach, Matzah, and Bakorum. And it's always Dode writing of what he himself would endure. You do not find the name Jesus or Christ or even the name that we've used to describe the mission, Yosha, ever. Not on Dode's lips, ever. Nor on the lips of any other prophet. Since Yahweh inspired every Nabi, since they are all keen on conveying Dode's name, I think it's mentioned uh, in the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms just shy of 1,100 times. And that none mention Yosha in a prophetic reference. This means that either no one by this name contributed meaningful, meaningfully, to God's people, or he had had no interest whatsoever in us knowing or using that name. And this makes the misnomer Jesus Christ completely irrelevant from God's perspective. It'd be no more God than Julius Caesar. Curiously, um, or curious, I was prompted to consider why this would be so especially since the world is preoccupied with a corruption of a name that Yahweh never once mentions. You know, these guys carry around their mm-hmm. Bibles, and their Bibles, you know, 80 plus percent of it is the Torah, Prophets, and Psalms, and he, uh, written originally in Hebrew, and it, it nullifies everything that they believe. 
and it destroys any credibility for any possibility there was a Jesus. So desperate are Christians to claim credibility for their fictional misnomer every time Dode is mentioned in a prophecy, every time one of his titles or accolades or deeds is discussed in a prophecy, they apply it to their misnomer as if God doesn't know one name from a real one, his son, from a fictional character. A third of the planet's occupants celebrate Easter. They categorize themselves as Christians when there is no basis whatsoever, none for Christ. There's no basis for Jesus. Note fulfilled the Moed Mikre. He volunteered to endure the sacrifice because he loved Yahweh and his people, needed to restore his reputation, and wanted to earn his people's respect. And even though that is the case, he states, respect and revere Yahweh if you want to radiate his light. Every descendant of Jacob, that would make mean every Israelite, you should mm-hmm. choose to consider him worthy of respect and massively significant. You should want to live with him, all you descendants of Yisrael. If I may, and I'm projecting here, but I think this is a bit tongue-in-cheek. Yes, Dod did revere Yahweh. It is wise to revere Yahweh. Uh, And when we revere Yahweh, we will radiate his light. And this is the proper thing for every descendant of Jacob to do. But I think Dode is also talking about himself. I think Yahweh and Dode, as father and son, are a team. They're inseparable. And based upon what Dode has done, he has earned our respect. It is Dode who is going to radiate Yahweh's light to the extent that he is akin to the sun in God's presence. Every descendant of Jacob should choose to consider Dode worthy too and massively significant. If you want to live with Dode, you should choose to recognize what he has done, all you descendants of Yisrael. Now, Dode ought to know. Uh, He did so when he wrote this song. He lived with his father in heaven. And then uh, when demonstrating that he had fulfilled Bukurim and Pesach and Matzah, he uh, shared the conclusion with us, the benefit with us. More importantly, Dode knows a great deal about respect. I don't think there's anyone who earned more respect with Yahweh than did uh, than did Dode. And as a result, Mose if is a we good want contender. Pardon? Uh Mose is a good contender, but not even close. No, there's not there's, I mean the closest person to Dode in terms of uh earning the respect of Yahweh would be Moshe. Yep. You know, and Moshe is a spectacular human being. You know, probably the the man of greater character than anyone we will ever know. Uh, He was as perfect a man 
as uh, there ever was on this planet. Um, and absolute harmony with the God's agenda. But, you know, uh, Moshe wasn't there for the first 80 years of his life. Um, in fact, Toad's life yeah. would be over before Moshe's even began with God. Yeah. Um, and, well, Moshe did... It's hard to relate to him, too. Pardon? Yeah. Yeah, when, I think it's hard when, to relate to Moshe because he's just yeah. a fine, just upstanding guy. But yeah, but you know, the difference is that Yahweh chose Dod. He had no choice mm-hmm. with Moshe. <laughs> uh, that's Moshe true. No, it's true. Yeah. Moshe it's, was yeah, the only a, person on the planet the with person. whom Yahweh could work to achieve what he uh, needed to do for the children of Yisrael uh, and delivering the Torah and uh, and conducting the exodus he was the only person who was qualified to do it so he uh, he got moshe because he was he was it dode was out shepherding sheep in bethlehem he chose dode Jode had the personality he had the aptitudes that um yeah loved most of all right so it's a very difference between uh, our powerful difference between these uh, two. So Dode's motivation for doing what he did was largely reflected in this uh, past statement. He wanted to earn the respect of his people. He knew that Moshe was uh, as close to perfect as a man could possibly be, and yet the children of Israel spat on him, uh, attacked him, walked all over him, condemned him. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, Dode's got to be looking at this. He's an expert in the Torah and said, wait a minute. I mean, you know, the, Moshe was essentially perfect and they turned on him. And that was just over uh, 40 years. How in the world am I going to lead these people into eternity, uh, particularly with my checkered past? He needed this. Yeah. Yeah, I knew he, he needed this. He did it to reclaim uh, respect. And his people sped in his face worse than they did even Moshe. There are two approaches to uh, leadership. Uh, and um, Kirk, I think you uh, have enjoyed talking about this. Uh, uh, earned mm-hmm. and imposed, kings and generals demand compliance. Uh, and they achieve mm-hmm. submission through fear. Uh, questioning their edicts and orders comes at a very high price. Rejecting them is a deadly proposition. With them, their authority to rule is imposed through fear. Machiavelli wrote eloquently mm-hmm. about this. Mm-hmm. Node had been a shepherd. He knew the importance of earning the respect of his flock. He had tangled with lions and bears, risking his oh, life man. to protect them. And as Uh a shepherd king, the Messiah was primarily devoted to protecting his people and defending their home. He had earned their admiration in this regard when he slew the foremost warrior of the day who would have subjugated Israel had he prevailed. But unfortunately, he would squander it the way he responded to Shaul. And over his life, he earned it back, uh, and then he would give it away again. As 
Israel's greatest offender, the Zeroah, protective ram and sacrificial lamb, knew that he would be able to endure whatever the Romans could throw at him. As the Goliath of their day brought to bear against him, it mattered not. He was a hero. He had courage. He had backbone. He could mm-hmm. deal with what would be wrought on him by the Romans through their uh, scourging and through crucifixion. This time he would use his body and his soul, um, body primarily on Pesach, his soul for matzah, and the ruach would be the uh, sling uh, where um, his body was the stone. In so doing, he would earn his people's respect, or that's what he intended. He would lead them as a shepherd again. He would change things to the point that they knew that they could trust him. One more battle, just two days of conflict, and it would pay eternal dividends. It was a brilliant decision. It was heroic. It was compassionate. But knowing the full extent of the excruciating torture a thousand years in advance, while recognizing it would be 2,000 years beyond that until anyone credited him for making these sacrifices for his people, and still be willing to carry out this commitment requires a level of courage and character exemplified by a single solitary soul in all of human history. So if you ever wonder why Yahweh says, this is my guy, I chose him. He is my firstborn. He is my son. Mm. I am his father. Now you know. Bingo. Yeah. Yep. Dode was not just willing. He wanted to do it. He sang about it. One stone would all he would need to fell the giant threatening his people. Although when his people denied Pesach's fulfillment and his foes turned the lamb into a god, it had to sting far worse than the Roman whips. As before, defending Israel by defeating those seeking to subjugate the people would be easier than subduing the more intrusive foe devouring the nation at its core. Religion, specifically Judaism. To resolve it, Dode's soul would accept our guilt. He would carry it with him into hell. And he would endure the mikra of matzah and sheol to remove the fungus of yeast, the fungus of religion from our souls. After redeeming his people, Yahweh liberated Dod's nefesh, saving him in an act that further enhanced his son's respect for his father. His father promised that if you do this, I will retrieve you, and we will speak vociferously of what you have done. In fact, that's why he's singing about it here. It would be a beautiful picture with Dode now bathed in his father's light, 
he would be the firstborn of Bokorum as a result of what he and his father had accomplished on Pesach and Matzah. Knowing that many would follow, Dode then encourages us to respect Yahweh as he had done. And if we do, we can expect the same result. Dode is describing the gift of the set-apart spirit and her garment of light. He has the ability to empower us, or she, I should say, has the ability to empower Mm -hmm. us. She has the capacity to teach us while rendering us perfect in Yahweh's eyes. She came upon Dode when he was eight years old, which means that from Yahweh's perspective, Dode was perfect. She immerses us in her brilliant light. Where there is light, there is no darkness. It obliterates it. What's particularly revealing in this regard is halal. It means to radiate light. It doesn't mean to reflect it. For this to occur, we must have the light source within us. So when we are born into the covenant by way of the set-apart spirit, she resides in us, becoming our source of illumination, our source of empowerment and enlightenment as well. Halal, unfortunately, is almost always translated praise, but that is not its primary definition, and it misses the point. Halal's preferred connotation is to shine, to radiate light, and brilliant uh, light uh, at that, to make something clear and visible by bringing forth the light, revealing its source. And that's what Dode is encouraging us to do here. While the secondary meaning of the word can mean extol in the sense of admiring, in addition to boasting, these inferences can lead to the word's dark side. Halal's tertiary connotations include uh, to make a show and to be praised for it, to create a grandiose appearance, and to be foolish, insolent, and arrogant. It is interesting that as Dode details everything that he endured as the Pisakael and in fulfilling matzah, uh, even as returning on uh, Yom Kippurim, he does not brag about his own role. Right, uh, Yahweh. Yeah. Bring your In name. In fact, he credits, yeah. he credits Yahweh for the uh, entire experience. Uh, and truthfully, while Dode wanted to do it, it was Yahweh's decision. And Yahweh would be the one that would have to make it work. For, for Dode to be whipped to the point of, uh, of death and, and then crucified hmm. by the Romans has no value unless Yahweh is causing that sacrifice to serve to fulfill the promise of eternal life and opening the doorway to heaven of Pesach. Um, Going into hell with uh, our guilt serves no purpose unless it is framed by what Yahweh described through matzah and what matzah represents. So all of this only works in conjunction with Yahweh's Torah. Since Yahweh wants us to engage in the covenant relationship with him, he does not want us to fear him. And while I understand that almost every English Bible translates Yare as fear, the word also means to respect and revere. We cannot love while afraid. Fear breeds revulsion, not affection. 
Moving on to the second of three statements, the operative term here is uh, kabod. It's the first word of the seven instructions uh, as, uh, as well. It was uh, used to describe the nature of an ideal relationship between uh, children and their father and mother. In this case, capital F and capital M are spiritual mother and heavenly father. With that is why it is set within the context of Jacob, the forefather of the children of Israel and thus of the covenant family. Equally important, Dode is still speaking of Yahweh when he uses Kabod. Uh, it does help us understand the, um, the statement about honoring our father and mother uh, as it was written on the second of the two tablets. Yes. The textual consonants which comprise Kabod give rise to an important series of derivatives. Uh, collectively, they convey weightiness, mag um, massiveness, significance, worth, value, abundance, glory, and greatness. In context, therefore, we see Yahweh as significant. He promises to view us the same way if we value him. If we respect Yahweh's massive energy and power, if we value him, we will share, and he's going to share it all with us. Well, respect him and we inherit his abundance. Acknowledge his greatness and he will bring us into his presence and clothe us in his glory. But if you trifle with him and you see him as insignificant, you'll become so insignificant that your soul will be as if it never existed. Disrespect his massiveness and, well, your soul will be reduced to nothingness. Kabod defines the nature of the choice pertaining to a relationship with God and its consequence. Disregarding Yahweh's intent, the uh, JPS, the Jewish Publication Society, Tanakh, tells us that we should dread him. Mm. With him being the Messiah. The King James Version, in its usual rut, reverts back to fear him. But the word underlying this message is gur, and it speaks primarily of abiding, dwelling, and remaining, residing as welcome guests who gather together, living in harmony as part of one's sojourn through life. It's a very positive term. In modern parlance, a gur would describe uh, an enduring staycation, if you will, uh, which would be an ideal uh, situation for those residing in Jerusalem. <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. The truth is hard to miss because Yisrael, individuals who engage and endure with God, is in many ways analogous with Gur, have been invited to live in Yahweh's home. The secret to our success is then contained in these words, and this is now Mizmore Psalm 2224. Indeed, he has not relinquished his regard for or thought less of, nor has he rejected the responsive one who is afflicted and oppressed. Dode's soul and his body, Bashar and Nefesh, 
were definitely af- afflicted and oppressed for us. And in that condition, you would say, well, you know, you're you aren't the pretty boy anymore. You're not uh, you're not looking much like a king uh, there. Uh, you know, this would be somebody you would naturally want to disown. Somebody that was sentenced to hell. I guess that's about as bad a felon as you could possibly be. And don't say, no, 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 it's, um, God actually thought more of me, not less of me for having done so. But the other thing is that he's talking about previously being immersed and radiating God's light, being immersed in God's light, radiating his light. Well, Doe did some pretty cruddy things in his life because he was bathed in the light of the set-apart spirit. His soul was. God never relinquished his regard for him. He never rejected him. He never viewed him as uh, as anything other than his perfect son. And so I think Dode, to a large degree, is really talking about him serving as the example of the one who is radiating Yahweh's light. He is inviting us to be like him throughout these uh, statements. Yeah. That's a really good thing. He because he's not only inviting us to be like him, he paid the price for us to be like him. Yeah, what more can he do? As a matter of fact, it makes right. his sacrifice more meaningful when we accept it and become more yes. like him. Yes. Yeah, it's a um a slight when we reject what he has done. So while he, in this statement, is Yahweh, the one who remains responsive, uh, even in the midst of his affliction, is Dode. And even though we will never endure this degree of persecution, it is a message for us such that we also remain responsive to Yahweh's calling, even in our darkest hour when all appears lost. Uh, No matter what we are going through, we have the opportunity to shine Yahweh's light on the path home. You know, I spent four years of my life um, exposing and condemning Islam. Another three years mm-hmm. of my life exposing and condemning appalling uh, Christianity. And then a uh, better part of a year exposing and condemning the books that were written in uh, Babel, particularly Ezekiel. And, you know, that it's dark in mm-hmm. there. And sometimes, though, the the light that Yahweh provides that we can shine on that darkness uh, is the brightest when we're in the midst of these exceedingly oppressive, repressive situations. Right. And so I think that's part of Dode's message as well. In this case, Dode having accepted the guilt of every covenant member over thousands of years, would have been very vulnerable to rejection. And yet nothing would interfere with Yahweh's enduring love for his son. Mazah is the opposite of kabod. Uh, the basic meaning is to accord little value to uh, someone mm-hmm. or something. That, yeah, yeah, it conveys yeah, disdain, uh, a lack of respect. Or reverence. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, bizarre can be rendered to hold and contempt, to refuse, or to abstain from, um, to treat beneath one's notice or dignity. 
But Toad says then, no, that, that wasn't Yahweh's approach. He was the opposite. But what Toad is collectively saying here is with Yahweh, his policy is bazaar for bazaar, kabod for kabod. Respect him, he'll respect you. Value him, he'll value you. Disrespect him, and well, you're not much. You were saying that right back. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's so few Hebrew words actually with the Z in them. It's always fun to uh, to see them. Every time you see one, you go, hmm, well, I wonder why they put the, the, the plow in that uh, in that sucker. But um, uh, in uh, Bazaar, you've, uh, you've got the, uh, the family home, the Bayeth, the uh, plow uh, driving a, uh, a wedge, a line between uh, it and um, and the person standing um, upright. So there is a, you know, they talk about the red lines drawn in the sand. This is the mm-hmm. line drawn in the sand between the person uh, reaching up to God and in God's home. So it is a, right. an estranging sort of separating uh, thing uh, with that uh, plow in between the, uh, the two. The most interesting aspect of this statement might be the realization that both uh, Enuth and Ani are based on Ana. It's a word whose primary meaning is to respond by answering a summons to meet, uh, to be uh, pro, um, proficient with one's um, answer and replying and announcing one's intent related to God. Yahweh seven Mikre, three of which uh, Dode is seen responding to in this psalm alone, are invitations to be called out and welcomed into God's presence. And in them, Yahweh specifically says he is awaiting our ana, our response. Are we going to mm-hmm. RSVB? Yes, sir. So this I is am. particularly intriguing. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No. no. We both agree. We're going to oh, no. Yeah. We yeah, we're going to RSVP. Yes, appropriately. Yeah. It, it, <laughs> you know, when you have the creator of the universe who, working with his son, uh, performs this great sacrificial act of fulfilling Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim, Shabuah, on our behalf so that we can enter the doorway of life and live forever, be perfected so we have no more flaws, uh, become the sons and daughters of God, adopted into his family, becoming royalty, able to live forever yeah. with him, and then being raised by him, Shabua says that we are enriched and empowered, and we are enlightened, emancipated, and he's offering us these things, and our only requirement is to get to know him, respect uh, his name, uh, disassociate from the competition, which would be religion and politics. Uh, trust him in uh, in this regard. Um, respond to his Moed Mikre. Um, mm-hmm. He's not asking a lot of us, mm. and he's offering everything that you could possibly want. I mean, as God's children, we inherit the universe. And the universe that we inherit is infinitely larger than we can even fathom because we can only fathom a tiny part of 
three dimensions, which seems to go on forever with hundreds of billions of galaxies, each having hundreds of billions of stars over uh, a diameter that appears to be close to 100 um, billion light years across. And that's only, what, uh, 4%, 5% of the uh, six dimensions of the universe? Because there's, beyond that, there's an attractive force and a, uh, a separating force of dark energy and dark yeah. matter. And, yeah. and then, then on top of all of that, and that's a lot because now you've got, and also being infinite in time, which is the dimension we'll mm-hmm. be able to maneuver in. But on top of all that, there's the seventh dimension, the spiritual realm of Shamaim, and we're, we're afforded the opportunity to live there as well. I mean, can you imagine awesome. um, saying, no. walking up to the creator of the universe and approaching no, him you. as if he were your father, dad, a loving father, <laughs> an approachable yeah. father, who was wow. wow. absolutely mad in love with you and wants to do everything he can to make your life richer and more meaningful. And you're given this opportunity? You'd be an idiot to pass greatest, that. The greatest deal ever offered. Ever. Yeah. yeah. So that is what we're uh, given the opportunity to uh, respond to. I would, I would um, second that motion and say that, that's uh, <laughs> a nah is my new a, favorite word. Yes, sir. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and a nah is woven through all of the uh, the micro. Um, Anah is one of those interesting words that it has, like so many Hebrew words, has a dark and a light side. And the positive side of Anah, it means to answer, to respond, to reply. And it's used in conjunction with Yahweh's mikre from the verb kara, which means to invite. So if you're going to respond to an invitation, pretty straightforward. God is throwing seven parties a year, and he's inviting us to attend. The natural thing for us to Anah do is to RSVP, to attend the party. Uh, the dark side of Anah is what Dode endured. So that we can respond and attend the party, Dode's Bashar body and his Nefesh soul were sacrificed, if you will, on Pesach and Matzah. And so you have this choice that is being set up where by recognizing that Dode allowed his body and soul to be anah, um, abused and humiliated, we're able to respond to God's invitation to spend eternity as part of his family. Right. Those who would deny what Dode has done, those who would um, offer those accolades and respect and titles to a myth will find that they will be afflicted, and for them there will be no relief. So Dote wants to share the result of what he enjoyed with us. His soul and Yahweh's spirit were reunited. As I mentioned, we've gone through the dark side of uh, the dark portion of Mismore 22, which speaks of fulfilling Pesach and Matzah, leading to Bakotam, and now we're in celebration mode. And Dode says, nor did he continually conceal his presence from him. And during his request uh, for help, 
uh, he helped him. He listened to him. So during his request for help uh, to him, he listened. So we have Yahweh being credited by Dode for doing as he promised. Um, Yahweh said, you know, if you do these things, I will respond in this way. And the way that I'll respond is you'll be able to live in my presence forevermore. And if you request help uh, in fulfilling the Moed Mikre, I not only will listen to you, I will support your decision. Uh, and while that does apply to Dode, it replies to us as well. If we ana, Ayawa will avail his presence to us, will allow us to come into his presence. If we seek his help through the seven Moed, he will listen and respond. So Dode's oratory reveals that Yahweh was well aware of what would be occurring to his son's soul. And it is evident that father and son had discussed how this would all transpire. And that has to be an amazing conversation. Yeah. You know, Dode, an expert in the Torah. For sure. And knowing his life better than anyone, knowing his people better than anyone other than Yahweh, probably being more objective in Israel than even Yahweh was, said, you know, I, I know this needs to be fulfilled. The ideal person to fulfill it is myself. I am your firstborn, and therefore I'm the ideal person <laughs> yeah. to perform firstborn uh, children. Uh, so I'm the ideal person to do this. We, we, that we both know. But think yeah. about why I need this. You know, you've You've honored me with the idea that I will be king of kings and will uh, lead your people throughout all time, but your people are tough to lead. <laughs> and I've done a lot to, uh, to um, diminish um, the, uh, my reputation. So if you'll let me do this, it all plays out so beautifully. I can stand tall, your people, uh, my people. Uh, will uh, respect what I have done. I will have earned the right to uh, to lead them, uh, and we can do all of this as father and son and model the very covenant that we're enabling. Uh, and we also get to model the fact that, yeah, you and I both know you don't like doing anything alone. I'll do this with you. And and then yeah, we're having to tell him, you know, do you know what this means? When this occurs, it is not going to be a merciful death uh, for the, uh, the Passover lamb. most powerful human empire, the most ruthless, is going to torture your body. Yeah. Do you understand that? Yeah. You understand that your soul is going to go into Sheol, hell, and that you're going to take the guilt of every covenant member, past and present and future, with you. You know what that means, what those two days are going to be like. You know that you're going to have to look forward to doing this for the next thousand years. And you know that once you've done it, your people will deny it. And then the huh. most popular religion in world history is going to be promulgated by a demon-possessed Jew who will give all of your claim to a ridiculous misnomer. You understand that? Are you still willing to do it? They talked it all through. 
Makes sense. And, no, that for me is just, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's humbling uh, it, to know that, uh, I mean, I, I don't know how I could, uh, either side of that equation, how you could do this without breaking down and crying. And I, and I don't know what it would be like to see God cry. But uh, I think Dode probably got that experience. And as a result of having been through all of this together, having decided to do this together, clearly father and son were interested in, uh, in praising one another. They were proud of one another. They were impressed of what each other had accomplished. And in so doing, they reveal what fulfilling Chag Matzah, Pesach, Matzah, and Bakotam, accomplished while helping us better understand why Yahweh um, prefers to work through special people like Dote rather than alone. Right. And to For God to have done this alone uh, would have been a, a, absolutely horrific for him. To be able to do this with his son, commiserate with his son, celebrate with his son, plan it with his son, achieve it with his son, was the crowning moment of his existence. Imagine having your son do something this marvelous. Yeah. From you, Yahweh, and because of you, I will be appreciated one day. I'll be adored. Yes, sir. I'll shine brightly. My reputation will be exalted within the greatly esteemed assembly, fulfilling my commitment and promise to be part of this free will offering. I am fulfilling restitution and complete restoration in a conspicuous and straightforward fashion in the presence of those who respect and admire this. It might be the most profoundly important statement in all of the Mismore. When you understand yeah. what he is talking about and uh, in context of what he has said throughout the first 30 Mismore, of which 22 is in the midst of all of that, what this means from you and because of you by working together with you Yahweh I will be appreciated one day one day I'm going to be adored for shining brightly my reputation will be exalted within this greatly esteemed assembly I will have fulfilled my commitment and promise to be part of this, the ultimate free will offering. You know, now, being able to say, I have earned this respect. Yeah. I've earned the love and adoration of the covenant family. Esteemed assembly. You know, you didn't just yeah. give me this title, King of Kings. I um I paid a right. tremendous price to be here. Yeah, I, I understand, yeah, it's all because of you. You chose me, you empowered me, you made it possible, you agreed that I could do this and then you saw it through with me. 
But do you have any idea, yeah, what this does for your son? Because of what you have done here, Yawa, by agreeing to support me in this, I will finally be appreciated and adored. I am going to shine brightly. My reputation will be restored, especially within this greatly esteemed assembly of the Covenant family. I will fulfill my commitment my promise to be part of this free will offering. I am fulfilling restitution. I am making complete restoration possible in a conspicuous and straightforward fashion in the presence of those who respect and admire this. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's how does one deny something this clear, this right. powerful? Dota saying, I am the savior of my people because you made that possible. But I honored my promise as well. We did this together. And look at the result. This was the greatest idea ever conceived perfectly executed and everybody wins right. Yahweh prevails Dode prevails Yehudim prevail Yisrael prevails the Goyim that capitalize on it prevails mm-hmm. the truth prevails the family of God prevails the covenant prevails everything that matters wins yeah. ultimate victory you know, Yasha, the Hebrew word that we always translate salvation, which does also mean to deliver, to liberate, and to save, mm-hmm. uh, also means victory, to achieve yeah. victory. <laughs> they were victorious. You're here. Dode has earned the respect and adoration of God and of every covenant member. And if they had not been so easily indoctrinated, the same would be true of every Israelite and Yehud. This was your king. He is your Messiah. He wrote this in your language. He lived not only in Jerusalem, he founded Jerusalem. He built his home in Jerusalem. His name is mentioned on rock carvings even by his enemies 850 BCE. He is the most prolific of the prophets. He is the one man that God says, he is my son, I am his father. I chose him. I prefer him. He is the Zeroah Passover lamb. He's the most brilliant orator, most courageous man, the greatest defender of Yahweh's people. He did this, and yet Jews have almost universally denied it. The Messiah is revealing something we'd all be wise to hear. He convinced God that he should be allowed to honor the single most important promise 
ever made by enduring this excruciating trial during Chagmatsa as the sacrificial victim. Dode is acknowledging that while he will be adored for having done so, nonetheless, Yahweh deserves the credit. And one of the things that is, is we have to keep in mind here is, okay, so Dode is our savior. Dode fulfilled Pesach, Matzah, Bakodim, and Shabuah. He's going to fulfill Kapuram and Sukkah. Uh, Teruah is all about him. But none of I this gotta admit, without... I, I balk about that. Yeah. About the Savior part. Yeah, none of Yahweh this happens without them. Yahweh. None of it. And right. what's even more amazing is Yahweh, as the father of Dod, is far more content and comfortable with his son getting credit. God doesn't need credit. He knows who he is. He knows what he's done. He wants a family. And when his son receives credit, it makes him proud. It makes him happy. It knows that it's like saying, I was right about these people. There is hope. There is promise. There is character. Look what my son did. So there is nothing wrong. In fact, there's everything right about crediting Dode for doing this recognizing that there's nothing that pleases his father more. Good point. Far more pleasing to Yahweh, knowing that he did this working together with his son than if he were given credit for having done it alone. It validates everything that Yahweh intended, that we were worth creating that we were worth communicating with, that we were worth, worth the trouble of the, of the Torah and the long march through the wilderness. We were worth liberating. We were worth dying for. We were worth being tortured. We were redeemable. We're worth the investment of all of this and the creation of the universe this one man proved it and fortunately for us we get to ride on his coattails pretty awesome oh, so moving, also yeah. true um, yeah without yeah. without god dode does not even exist yes. without dode god is still god yes but beyond the obvious had yahweh been an absentee landlord, disengaging after creating the place and the players, Dode would not be worth knowing or remembering. Without Yahweh choosing, anointing, and inspiring him, he remains a shepherd, his great potential squandered in Bethlehem. Goes far deeper. Without Yahweh, conceiving, articulating, and enabling the Bereth and Mikre in the Torah and then demonstrating their effectiveness in the lives of his people, no sacrifice would have been meaningless because it would not have benefited anyone. 
Dode was motivated by what he knew Yahweh had done and would accomplish through Pesach, Matzah, and Bakudim on behalf of the Bayath Covenant. Bayath Covenant. And he recognized that his father was capable of orchestrating the entire affair to justify reconciling his relationship with his people. Yahweh made it possible for Dode to be great. And Dode understood the opportunity that God had presented it, presented to him. He accepted the conditions. And the fact is, although it has been a very painful process up to this point, he will benefit magnificently and be rewarded for it. As will we. And now because of what father and son have accomplished by working together, the same opportunity, same conditions and benefits are available to everyone else. Indeed, from you and because of you, there is an appreciation for what I have accomplished. My renown and reputation will be adored, providing me the opportunity to serve while shining brightly within the greatly exalted assembly, fulfilling my commitment and promise to be part of this free will offering. I am fulfilling restitution and complete restoration in a conspicuous and straightforward fashion in the presence of those who respect and admire this. Well, that was beautifully said, although it was easier said than done. Yeah. Making the expression particularly cathartic. Dode lived his life in awe of Yah, always appreciative of everything that God had done for him. Over the past three days, they had been partners, working for the benefit of the covenant family. And yet, here it is, the whole of it, from Pesach to Bakotam, laid out in all of its excruciating detail. The Messiah must have wanted to turn away, to walk away, to somehow deny what his eyes had seen, knowing what he had decided and volunteered to endure and then to think that God facilitated it all to save his people the very people who would disrespect his beloved son of course that wasn't the worst of it because it was humankind's response that became the most painful be 2,000 years before Jews would go from depriving Dode of the credit he is due, even denying the fulfillment of Chagmatza, to finally coming to adore father and son. Equally horrible, the world's most popular religion would rob the Messiah and the Son of God of his adoration and respect by creating an avatar and turning him into a replacement God who hates Israel. 
In spite of this, Dode has nevertheless taken us forward in time when the covenant family and the remnant of Israel will finally celebrate what he and Yahweh have accomplished during Passover on yeasted bread and firstborn children to provide the full recompense and complete restoration of the relationship between God's people and their Heavenly Father. Truly working together as father and son, they did these things in a conspicuous and straightforward fashion. Each on the right day, each in the right way, each in the right order, and they did so publicly at the crossroads of the world. And while those who revere the father respect what his son accomplished, I'm curious as to why the object of our respect and the concluding phrase is you, him, rather than atta, you, if referring to Yahweh. But if indicative of our newfound perspective on Dode's heroics and what father and son have done together, why not Ani me? Therefore, the most elegant solution was to render Hugh as it or this in reference to all that we have read throughout this entire magnificent Mismore, specific to the collective fulfillment of Chagmatsa by father and son. Well, this probably is a good place to to uh, stop for the evening. We'll uh, pick up um, Mismore Psalm 2226 um, uh, next week at this time. Um, I tell you, let me let me just say something real quick. I've never heard a presentation as great as this one of Yahweh yeah. and His Son. Really this is just yeah. this is a yeah. this is a landmark show. I mean, this is just brilliant. I've read it all week and the week before, but it's wow. Wow. Yeah, the, well done, my it is wow. uh, it is amazing to um recognize that from the first Mismore and the opening line of the mm-hmm. first Mismore Psalm through the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh, all the way through the thirtieth, probably beyond, mm-hmm. that the primary subject is father and son working together to fulfill the seven Moed Mekre and thereby enable the redemption and reconciliation of Yisrael and the covenant family. It is said in every possible way, uh, just as it was so eloquently said in Mismore Psalm 22:25. <clears throat> And we understood so much of it, more probably than anyone up to the last few months. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then all of a sudden the light went on where something that we (coughs) wrote about three and four years ago that I said, you know, this is written in first person and it has Dode serving as the Passover lamb. But how is that even possible? And Certainly, God wouldn't allow his son to do this. And so you, you, um, you write all around it. 
uh, because you yeah. can't even fathom how it could be possible. And then you go back right to the beginning to Mismore 1, and father and son are discussing why this is the best possible solution, why it is in everyone's interest, why wow. this is the ultimate achievement yeah. that will ever be yeah. uh, made on behalf of humankind, on behalf of the covenant, on behalf of God, that everyone wins. And it's, and it's presented clearly, brilliantly, passionately, graphically at times. But it's just so far beyond what we expect, what we yeah, can even fathom, sure. that, that we read right through it. You know, I, I've been doing this now for 22 years, and until just a few months ago, I read right through it. Sure, I knew that Dode was the son of God, obvious, that Dode was the king of kings, yeah. that Dode is returning with Yahweh on Kippurim, uh, that Dode is the Messiah. We knew all of those things. Boy, you read the 89th Mismore, and it's all laid out there for you. There is no denying that Dode is the, um, the son, the Messiah, the chosen one, and the Zeroah, sacrificial lamb. It's all, it's all there, that there's going to be three lives of Dode. Still, we're, we've grown up in, in a Judeo-Christian culture where Jews yeah. have vehemently denied the fulfillment of Chag Matzah, Pesach Matzah, and Bakorim. They have vehemently denied its fulfillment and have come up with this nameless Messiah that's going to be some warlord in the future. And so from the Judeo perspective, it's unfathomable that Dode could have fulfilled what they deny has, has occurred. And then, because it, Western society is so shaped by the mythology of Christianity, it's hard to get out of our mind that there was no Jesus Christ. That right. the whole mm -hmm. thing is a myth. And that the entire Christian New Testament is a farce. Not parts of it, all of it. Right. That's, that's hard. I mean, I, I would say beyond any doubt that I've gone further in discrediting the Christian New Testament than anyone alive. Maybe ever. Oh, no question. Sure. Certainly anybody Never. living today. Never. And yet, the idea that there was no even Yosha. That the whole thing is a misnomer to rob Dode of his titles, accolades, and achievements in his respect. That's, that's a lot of smoke and mirrors to get around. A lot of mirrors to mm -hmm. break, a lot of smoke to clear between the Judeo-Christian um, misappropriations of uh, of this testimony. Now, maybe I'm making excuses for myself, but it took me 22 years to figure this out. And yet, I've never seen anything so clearly and conspicuously conveyed. Right. 
Um, and yet here we are. It is the most wonderful part of the most amazing story ever told. And it, it takes the covenant to the next level. It takes God's desire to work with us and through us and to be with us to the next level. It takes God's love to the next level. It makes all of eternity make sense with, with Jod being the firstborn and the leader, uh, our king and messiah. Um, yeah. The first of the sons and daughters of God. Now it all makes sense. Um, but my, this thing. I mean, I started. Uh, I started rewriting um, after after two and a half years of rewriting everything but coming home. You know, I just finished coming home. My wife said, you know, I uh, uh, coming home is so much better so much better focus, so much more accurate in terms of who Dode is as the Son of God and the Messiah, uh, and, uh, uh, and so much more focused on Yisrael and Yahuda, which is the intended mission and calling God's right. people home, that, mm-hmm. you know, you need to go back and rewrite everything else because it just doesn't uh, match up. Uh, it's not nearly <laughs> as, uh, as good. And so the only thing I didn't rewrite was coming home. I began and rewrote everything else and then added um, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight, I don't know how many uh, books to the the total. And we finally got Mm -hmm. to the end. And I said, okay, I get now to choose where I re-engage and go into new material. Uh, And uh, of all things, (laughs) I decide, uh, no, I decide of all things, I'm going to go. I'm going to go and uh, and rewrite what uh, is in Daniel to try to figure out heads or tails. And I'm thrown for a loop and find out that the first six chapters of Daniel are, are farce. And that even the chapters that contain viable prophecy are introduced with a pack of lies. And now yeah. you're trying to understand how is this possible and who are these characters and why is there such profound truth in the mix of all of this corruption? And then, are, then we go into Ezekiel and it's oh, uh, like reading Satan's autobiography. It's the most horrific yeah. text I've ever read. It's far worse than the Quran, far worse than Paul's letters. It's the worst thing I've ever read. Mm-hmm. And we suffered through that for months on months and, and finally got to the end and said, all right, now we can go to town. Let's, are we yeah. going to jump back into my buddy Yasha Yah Isaiah and talk about the, uh, the last days? That'd be a wonderful thing to do. Are we going to uh, write another story, another book on the, uh, the Torah? That would be exciting. Do we go back and, and cover all of the the end times prophecies, particularly Zechariah and, and uh, Malachi. And I remember talking to my wife and then to Jackie and said, you know, I know what we've got to do. Uh, there's a third volume of Coming Home. And we ended with the, I think it was the 23rd Mismore. Um, well, there are a hundred of them, more than a hundred of them. 
And so it's, let's go back to the Mismore. Let's write a volume three of Coming Home. And so I got three chapters into it. Finally, writing the kinds of things that would be so exciting again, moving into new material, speaking of our beloved king and Messiah, the son of God, Dode. <laughs> and we don't get two chapters into it before we realize we need to go back and rewrite everything. <laughs> yeah, we got Houston, we got a problem. Dode, Dode is the Passover <laughs> lamb. And here's why. And yeah, I did not see Dode that coming. Dode each of the seven Micrae, and here's why. And, and that means we need to go back and prove our translations of everything and rewrite the commentary on everything that has to do with anything in the, in the, about the Micrae, anything in the Mismore, anything about Dode, anything about the fulfillment of the Moed. And um, uh, it's going to be another year and a half, maybe two years. They get it right, and we're going to be on edge every day until it's uh, – until somebody could pick up the first book and and an introduction to God and read all the way through to the end uh, and uh, the last book of Questioning Paul and know that it's all accurate, correctly reflecting what Father and Son have made so conspicuous. And we decided collectively that we would not go to the first book on that bookshelf, which is the volume one of ITG to start, but that... Um, We'd begin this in the toughest of all places. <laughs> Coming home, volume one mm-hmm. and volume two, which are the only books that we didn't edit the last time through because they were the last ones done. And and what we are learning is that God did exactly what Doe just said. Father and son did. They have admitted having fulfilled the Micrae together. They've explained what it achieved. Um, and they've made it conspicuous. And it is mm. the most wonderful treasure, the most relevant treasure, the most beneficial and rewarding treasure ever discovered throughout all of human history. Agreed. No question. I mean, I'm a yes. wow moment. Yeah, so when you say this was a good wow. program, what we're doing is sharing <laughs> the greatest treasure ever offered. Right. About the most heroic and compassionate event in human history. Um, and it's directed at Israel, at God's people. It's profound. It's riveting. Yeah, it's relevant. Yeah, all the above. So this is what we're we're talking about. We'll rejoin this time um, next week. Um, thank you for all for sharing your Shabbat with us. Look forward to being with you uh, again. We'll pick up at Mizmor Song, Psalm twenty-two twenty-six. And if you have a chance, uh, go see the wonderful video. Uh, that's not on the Yada Yada site, that's only on social media, 
uh, that introduces the timeline. By the way, also on uh, on social media, uh, uh, my wife and uh, and Dee, but particularly Leah, have uh, been producing videos uh, that are just marvelous that introduce uh, new listeners to this program and to the books and to. Uh, they did one they introducing good. series on Babel. The they are yeah. they are so classy yeah. and so beautiful. They're more elegant than anything you that I've ever seen online. Uh, including this one that introduces the uh, the timeline, which you can uh, watch. And then uh, after seeing that, I would encourage you to go uh, to yadayad.com. Check out the uh, the timeline. It's on uh, the resources link. We have uh, separated resources and community. I think it makes a makes the site more uh, useful. Um, check out the timeline. I'm on it all the time. Uh, i using it uh, as I uh, write uh, to be as accurate as possible. Uh, and for those who want... To, uh, to learn a little bit more about the motivation that, that pertains to everything that, that Father and Son have done for us in fulfilling the Mikre, the first, I think it's six chapters, are now uh, published online in the Dode mm-hmm. Beloved volume of Coming Home 3. So uh, you can uh, read through those. I'm currently about um, a quarter of the way through Chapter 10, which is a little more than two-thirds of the way through uh, coming home one in my uh, my rewrite. So, you know, another uh, month or so, um, coming home one will be published, and it is a... Um, wow. It, it is really, really robust. It is really robust. Uh, it <laughs> so fundamentally uh, enhances our understanding of Yahweh, the covenant of Dode, of their relationship, of the Moed Mikre, of the Mizmor. Um, this is truly a labor of love, and uh, I think that everyone will have a chance to appreciate it. And we'll, we'll get it um, published. In fact, the edit team is, uh, is editing my edits as, we, uh, as we're going. So as soon as we finish this last chapter, um, it'll be immediately republished. Um, uh, as uh, um, under the the title of voice. So, again, thank you very much. Look forward to being with you this time next week. This is the greatest treasure that uh, God has ever offered his people, and it is brought to us by Father and Son. May Yah bless, yeah. and uh, may uh, Dode reign as our king, greatly respected forevermore. Mm. Yes. Absolutely. Shalom. Thank you. Shabbat shalom, y'all. Good night. Good night. Shabbat shalom.